You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ryan Horvath joins us 20 minutes from now. Ryan, the host of Tailgate Kickoff here on the BetQL Network, Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, and, of course, co-host of BetMGM tonight, following us here on the BetQL Network. Horvath will stop by in 20 minutes talking college football for the weekend. And in the final hour of the show, which, of course, is the power hour, MVP in the National Football League. We'll finish that up. Defensive Player of the Year in the National Football League. And all our bets for tonight, including college football speaking of college football joining us right now on the mount rushmore of you better you bet guests sits the very handsome face of this man this man's name is colin wilson colin wilson does great work for our friends over at the action network he does a great job on twitter at underscore colin one colin spelled with two l's and he does a great job on the big bets on campus podcast along with our friends brett mcmurphy and stucky um colin has supported our show since like literally like day one so we ask that you support colin check out his podcast follow him on twitter check out his work over at the action network colin nice enough to join us here on a tremendous football thursday my friend welcome back to the show it's nick and ken i think we can finally actually say now officially happy football season well, happy football season. It's definitely back. I'm out here laying Arizona State, like, you know, like five scores against Southern Utah. So we are officially back, uh, and, and it's great to be back with you guys, with, with both of you. Is there a better friendship in this world between the three of us than maybe what MJF and Adam Colbebe are going through right now? I don't know. Nick, Nick's, Nick's going to have to comment on that because I'm guessing that's a wrestling reference. <laughs> yeah, because well, well, I would say that what Colin's saying is that what we are as a trio is better than you, baby. Uh, Ken, you may continue. Oh, nice. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, I, one thing I can relate to is the Arizona State five touchdowns. For people who haven't like ever seen FCS markets open, I mean, it's just this like state getting thrown to the lions kind of experience. Like the numbers get posted and it's just board lights up on every single game. People are betting like numbers are flying everywhere. Stuff starts moving and you're like, why, why is everyone like St. Francis of Pennsylvania? You just start asking yourself really funny questions. Uh, before we get to the games this weekend, Colin, we do have four games tonight, especially for the live audience, but people will be able to listen to this in podcast form. Florida, Utah's at, Utah's at eight, Nebraska, Minnesota's at eight. Any bets on tonight's four games in college football before we move to Saturday and Sunday? I do have a bet in the summer from Florida above seven. I have it at eight and a half. And I think a lot of people that maybe pay attention have a number on Florida above seven because this Cam Rising news is not news. Uh, I think I was pretty vocal at Paxwell Media Day that I knew that he wasn't going to play. And as a matter of fact, that's where I was pushing money across is when I knew that he wasn't going to play. Uh, there's still not an official word because what Kyle Whittingham is going to do is dress him up, put him out on the field, and probably put him in warm-ups, and then he won't play at all, and everybody, all of us get to scramble like crazy. So I think what you want to do with this huge game, I have 
all the plans in the world to come back and bet on Utah. But I'm waiting for this whole aha moment where it's announced that he's out, get maybe a little bit of a dip, a little bit of a public steam on this. There are still plenty of people out there that love Florida, plenty of people out there that would just bet the SEC blindly against a Pac-12 team. So I think in that regard, I'm kind of hanging out because Utah, if they've known Cam Rising is not playing this entire time, then they've had a game plan in place for Bryson Barnes, for Nate Johnson, the guy who's going to run the Wildcat or the RPO is just uh, one of the fastest guys in, in, in Power 5 football. So they've had a game plan this entire time. It's not like Utah just woke up and said, oh, crap, we better do something about Cam Rising. So I'm waiting to see if there's a dip in this number further because I'm going to come back harder on Utah than it was that I played Florida earlier this summer. So. Love it. And we'll talk about this game coming up in the final hour of the show, the Power Hour. Our bets for Utah and Florida, the numbers currently available. Colin, let's move to some of the other games coming up this weekend, week one in college football. And how about Washington hosting Boise? Washington, a two-touchdown favorite here, total 58-and-a-half. What do you have here with the Huskies and the Broncos? Oh, the Washington, I think, is going to blow them out. And there's there's some issues going on with Boise. And I've laid Washington. I would lay it again. I would lay it all the way up to 17, maybe even farther. And I think if I had to center in on one aspect about this game is that Bush Hamden is the new offensive coordinator at Boise State. He's taking over for Dirk Cotter, who did an amazing job last year. Boise just lifeless on offense last year until Dirk Cotter took over. But now he's gone, and Bush Hamden comes in, and you say, well, what does that mean? There's a huge, a little bit of a scheme change. He wants Taylor Green to stay in the pocket, a little bit more pro style. But if you listen to Bush Hamden talk, he's very dependent on the center calling out the blocking schemes, calling out the audibles. The center is responsible for everything that happens at the line of scrimmage because he wants to take pressure off Taylor Green. Well, Mason Randolph was supposed to be the center this season. He wasn't even on the two-deep depth chart, and Boise won't disclose why he's not there. So they're taking a, uh, a player that's played right guard his entire life and having them take snaps at center here, and he's going to be in charge of the, of, of the blocking scheme, of the audibles at the line of scrimmage. I could go. A lot of people would just go on and on about Washington. That's a known factor. We know that. But the fact that Andy Avalos can't and hasn't covered a non-conference game last year while he was at Boise, 0-5 against the spread, and the fact that Hamden's got this new, I don't know what this is, putting the center in charge of everything at the line of scrimmage, and it's a brand-new guy playing center, I'm all over Washington. Colin, another game involving a, a Pac-12 team that's pretty interesting, coaching changes and quarterback changes, UCLA and Coastal. So people remember Coastal is like a big-time, you know, kind of group of five team the last couple of years, won a ton of games. They're playing UCLA, who's obviously replacing DTR with kind of a number of options, potentially. UCLA laying a little more than two touchdowns. How about this game? Yeah, I think when you have these huge spreads and you want to get a little bit cute and play the dog, and I'm thinking like Texas Rice along with this game, I don't want to fade teams in week one, these cupcake games. I don't want to fade teams that are really deep at the quarterback position. And with Texas, you can go three deep there. But specific to UCLA, we're going to see Ethan Garbers get the start. We're going to see Kent State transfer Colin Schley get some play. And then you're going to get five-star out of this world, ranked higher in the recruiting profile than Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. You're going to get Dante Moore coming into the game. So you're going to get elite quarterback play in what, the second, third, fourth quarter of this game against a coastal defense that is lining up the most inexperienced secondary in all of the Sun Belt, potentially the first time these two corners are ever going to play is going to come against these guys. Uh, you know, also with coastal, you know, not only is this a cross-country trip, but Jamie Chadwell is gone. And that offense that he ran, that triple diamond in space, Grayson McCall, heavy motion counter, that's gone. Their new, you know, uh, their new head coach, Tim Beck, is – very predictable. 
He runs exclusively out of the 11. He throws exclusively out of the 10. It's very predictable. And now Grayson McCall is going to be on the run from his life. Uh, UCLA has one of the best defensive edges in the nation, uh, produced 65 pressures last year. Uh, so, you know, Latu, Latu. So, uh, you know, good luck. I like UCLA to hammer them. You better, you better hear Nick and Ken, tremendous football Thursday. Talking week one of college football with the great Colin Wilson from the Action Network and the Big Bets on Campus podcast. Colin is on Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. Uh, Colin is nice enough to send our executive producer, Alex Fasano, like the like the sides that he likes. So I, like, I say this all the time. That's why we ask our guests about certain games, right? Um, maybe he's one of the reasons why this line has moved. I think this moved maybe even this morning. North Texas and Cal, Colin. Um, what is your bet on this one? Cal currently, at, at least our show sponsor, BetMGM, is six-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I mean, this is a game I expect to have a little bit of a dip. Yes, I, I hit it above seven. I hit it at seven. I hit it again at six-and-a-half. I'd even play some money line here. Uh, this is a Cal team that has been practicing in 70 degrees in Berkeley they're going to hop on a plane. They're going to land in DFW, and that 100-degree heat is going to hit them straight in the face. Uh, it's going to be a little bit tough from a temperature perspective, but the one thing I don't like about Cal is they got transfer uh, quarterback Sam Jackson from TCU. When he played limited sparing time for TCU, he looked excellent. Absolutely just athletic, RPO, going to be able to do some crazy things. But then he gets out to camp, and new offensive coordinator Jake Spavadol, who was fired from Texas State, says this is a quarterback battle, a three-way quarterback battle. It went all the way to the end of camp, and then finally he cuts a presser earlier this week and says, well, the only reason that Sam Jackson actually won the quarterback position is because down in the red zone, he was the one that found the end zone the most. There was a rumor floating around Pac-12 Media Days that Sam Jackson is just not ready to handle the quarterback position, that he is not grasping the playbook, he's not grasping which way to spin, which way to spin, how to diagnose, you know, coverage. Um, a lot of questions with Sam Jackson. And by Spavadol's comments, he just kind of verifies that this is not a quarterback that's ready. Now, when you flip over to the North Texas side, Eric Morris is coming in. He was offensive coordinator at Washington State. They were the biggest winners in TARP, which is transfer activity and returning production. We track it over at Action Network about how much a team returns. North Texas, absolutely at the top of everybody in their conference, one of the most biggest returning numbers in all of college football. Um, boy, you combine all that, those variables I just gave you, and, and I go back to it again. You can get these California guys in Denton, Texas, with 102 degrees at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It, it's going to be something. I'm sorry. I was muted, Colin. The, the number of bets, I was just texting to Nick, that we're going to have this weekend is, the word I used was preposterous, but it's actually like the wrong, it's just, it's just awesome, honestly. And it's great to go through some of these random games with you too. Uh, we're, we'll switch to a high profile game next. And we were kind of saving this to just kind of try to go in chronological order for people. So obviously big time card Saturday, we have games tonight, we have games tomorrow night, Sunday night, four games, but really like the centerpiece is LSU, Florida State, easily the best game of the weekend. Two teams that really, really think that they have a chance to make the playoff this year. Two teams that honestly think they might have a chance to win the national title. LSU definitely does. Florida State probably does too, to be fair, even though I don't like them as much as a lot of people. But this game is very interesting. LSU, two and a half, uh, total kind of in the mid-50s. These teams played a very dramatic game on Labor Day weekend last year. Uh, what, what do you think happens this time? LSU favored a little less than a field goal. I, I've seen that game on repeat like three times in the last two weeks, and you know, Florida State dominated that game for 55 minutes. You could see him kind of get <laughs> froze up at the end and allowed LSU to come back from two scores really late in the game. And, you know, LSU special teams is what got Florida State the victory. 
I think Florida State, you know, just from the aspect of they've now played in a high-profile game and they have experience in playing these showcase games, especially Mike Norvell, I don't see them freezing up and allowing a team to come back and get them like they did last year. Now, there are two aspects to this game about why I like Florida State here. And, yes, I do love LSU, and I do think they're going to make some noise at the national level. And they can take a loss here and still do all that, but there's a reason I'm doing it. First off, this game should be a pick, so I'll take points on either team if you're going to give them to me. So I'll definitely take the two and a half. But when you go to X's and O's, we've got two different strategies here. We've got Jaden Daniels, who's put on 20 pounds of muscle because he wants to run inside zone. He wants to stay healthy. They went and got Logan Diggs in the transfer portal from Notre Dame for a reason. It's to run the inside zone and hammer that. But the problem is Florida State has, like, the best defensive front seven in the nation. Jared Burst is going to play at the NFL level. All of them are going to play at the NFL level. So that is kind of good on good. Uh, and Jaden Daniels may have to worry about finding another receiver, not named Malik Neighbors somewhere down the field, which is going to be a question mark. Now the other question mark comes on the other side of the ball. LSU secondary has some new faces, some guys that are very inexperienced over the top. Well, Jordan Travis is going to be able to throw that. He does have an elite group of wide receivers. He has a tight end that transferred in, Gene Bell. He's going to be able to get it in between the hashes, Brock Bauer style from from Georgia. And so the difference is that Florida State has a weak area they can attack, an inexperienced LSU secondary, plus Jordan Travis can run the ball. Trey Benson can run the ball. This is, um, you know, the LSU defense is great, but their question marks are in the secondary, and that's going to show up here, and that gives Florida State the edge. And if you're going to give me points, I'll take it. Um, We got about a minute to go. Um, Any other bets? It could be one bet, could be a couple, but about a minute here. Anything else that you like coming up uh, week one in college football? Uh, real quick, I think Sam Houston State is going to give BYU a serious scare. Sam Houston, I'm sorry, it's now just Sam Houston. They won the FCS national title a couple of years ago, and then they had a bunch of players sit out last year in prep for the move to FBS. So BYU has, you know, they've hired a new defensive coordinator, but they really haven't done enough from a personnel perspective to stop the water that's leaking inside the boat of that defense. Keep your eyes on ULM at home against Army. Army's got to change their entire offensive scheme because you cannot chop block outside the tackles, and it really affected them last year. Live betting game of the weekend is UTSA in Houston. Um, Other than that, I also have Minnesota tonight too, so it's not good for the pod tomorrow, but for everybody listening now, uh, if you can go ahead and grab Minnesota, uh, you know, I I think there's some cheap 7S out there. You could buy back to 7. Should be a low-scoring game, but Minnesota has elite wide receivers, and you're going to see that on display tonight. Yeah, I think we should all grab the oars and row that damn boat mm. to a cover coming up against mm. uh, Matty Rule and Nebraska. A strong consensus uh, Col- opinion on this show, by the way. Minnesota. Min- Minnesota really, that's, right? Everybody likes Minnesota. Yeah. What could go wrong? Mm. We'll, we'll, Hopefully nothing. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> find out. Colin is the absolute best. On Twitter, at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. Got to check out his work, actionnetwork.com. And the Action Network app. And you got to check out the podcast. Uh, Colin, our good friend Brett McMurphy, America's college football insider, who joins us on the show. Our good pal Stucky, who's been on the show before. Big bets on campus featuring Colin, Brett, and Stucky. My friend, we sincerely appreciate it. Wishing you the best of luck on all the bets coming up this weekend. And we will catch up with you real soon here on You Better You Bet. Thanks, guys. The great Colin Wilson joining us here on the show. Man, yeah, what could, what could go wrong with Minnesota, right? Um, also, Matt Rule could go wrong. Yeah, you want to read the story real quick? This is crazy. Let's do this here. Um, Rams wide receiver, this is Ari Merov of the 33rd team tweeting this. Um, Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup suffered a setback in his recovery from his hamstring injury per Sean McVay. The Rams are calling Cup day-to-day. McVay said it's a muscle strain. Ken, we've got some movement in the market very quickly before we hit the break. 
Yeah, as you can imagine, once the story comes out, you're going to see an immediate, at least small move, because Cup's not out for week one yet, but there's going to be an expectation, oh, maybe he doesn't play. That means money on Seattle. That means market movement towards Seattle in that week one game hosting the Rams. Uh, Seattle up to five and a half now, most places in that, and the total has dropped about a half point, obviously, with the expectation. Cooper Cup may not play. Uh, maybe we'll touch on this before we bring Ryan Horvath on in the next segment. Before people join us, coming up next, talking college football for week number one.